Mothman himself made a Thanos-like decision, killing those 46 people on the bridge to save the town of Point Pleasant. <laughs> oh. For the greater good, that's what Mothman was thinking. <laughs> he hit him with a... Wasting space time. Wasting space time. Wasting space time. Wasting space time. Hello, everybody. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. Hi, James. How are you guys doing this evening? Pretty good. I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm chilling. Good. I had a nice day off, but tomorrow's going to suck. Oh. <laughs> Gotta drive a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she got like a two-hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can, uh, congratulations on your certification. Well, I don't know if I passed yet. I just have taken a test, so we're going to see next week if I pass. <laughs> well, I have a, st a strong suspicion that you did. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I tried. Studied really hard. <laughs> Trying to get a raise at work. Do you guys want to say what you do or... Yeah, so I work as a construction technician, so I go out to construction sites and do uh, testing for different materials. All right. <laughs> yeah, not that interesting. <laughs> no, no, I do construction too. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do like stone and brick masonry. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's badass. I have to inspect those at my job. <laughs> I got to inspect the masons. So are you like with a uh, like a, a company or like who do you inspect for? Yeah, so I work uh, for a great company and um, different like contractors, not necessarily contractors, but like mostly engineers and like architects will hire my company to do like testing like concrete testing the masonry so we'll test the grout and all that stuff and just like make sure that everything's being built to spec that's basically my job <laughs> all right what yeah. do you do Dion? oh get ready for this one i am an assembly worker at a factory that cannot yeah. be named because i could get yeah, fired yeah, for fine. talking about them that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um, <Woo. laughs> yeah i worked at ups for a while and i imagine it was kind of a similar uh environment but i'm not sure i mean you didn't work at amazon so that's good yeah. i've heard nothing but bad things <laughs> yeah. about working at amazon i've never heard one good thing about working at amazon my uh right. brother's friend actually worked at amazon and he said that he barely got any breaks like he was just on his feet the whole time but he got paid really good money, so that's why he did it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like the only thing. It's just crazy. Like maybe like you're making good money, but then you hear the stories about like people like pissing in bottles because they like don't have like five seconds to use the restroom. Yeah, it's just <laughs> insane. That... <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, he almost got my brother to work for Amazon, but then my brother was like, mm, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> he dodged that bullet. Well, I'll just jump into it. Point Pleasant, West Virginia, November 1966. 
A man digging his brother-in-law's grave was the first to see the flying man. Three days later, four more people also witnessed the bird. Over the next year, strange events continued to plague the small town of Point Pleasant, ending in the collapse of their beloved Silver Bridge, killing 46 people. Men in Black, the smiling man from the flying cigar, a missing dog. What happened? Mothman is described as a six or seven foot tall humanoid monster with gray or brown coloring, texture varying among accounts, wings, and bright red reflective eyes. It is reported the creature has a wingspan of 10 to 15 feet. He's supposedly able to fly at over 100 miles per hour and is often taken to be a warning of imminent disaster. A bad omen. So what do you guys know about the Mothman going into this? So yeah, I'll I, let you go first. Go ahead. I've watched. Um, obviously, I love BuzzFeed Unsolved, like the supernatural. So I watched their Mothman on that, and then um, we've also been to Point Pleasant and gone to the Mothman Museum and um, gone to like the bunker area where he's been sighted. That's so cool. I'm so jealous of that. And we took a picture with his ass. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, I've heard, like, a couple podcasts. Uh, I like listening to the Supernatural podcast, so a lot of cryptics I hear about. So I know a little bit about Mothman. Um, (laughs) I'm actually not sure when the first time I heard about him was. I I remember I got the the Mothman Prophecies book from my great uncle that I I work with at the job I work at now. But uh, I've had it it forever, but... uh, I don't know. I, Mothman's just one of like the iconic like cryptids to me. Like he I don't is, know. Yeah, uh, I like... It kind of it seemed like it should be the first to me. It's hi- a highly respected monster. <laughs> yeah. I found out about him. I was on a vacation with my family. We took we uh, used to regularly take a vacation to this place in like southern Ohio, and my parents brought up one time. They were like, "Yo, have you heard of Mothman?" I was like, "No," and they were like. Yeah, in West Virginia, there's a Mothman. We could go to the museum if you want. It's not that far of a drive. I'm like, okay. So we went there, and yeah, that's where I found out about everything. And I've been there like four times. I've been to Point Pleasant like four times. It's really cool. It is. It's a really cool little adventure. I I like it. What was it like there? Oh, it was really cool. Um, There's a lot of like, it's a lot of Mothman, and you can walk across the river um, which is really cool, but we didn't see the Silver Bridge, which I was going to bring up. Um, my mom actually is the reason I know about Mothman is because every time we go across a bridge over the Ohio River, she would like freak out and be like, keep your eyes out for Mothman because she'd talk about <laughs> oh, the no. Silver Bridge. She's like terrified of a bridge collapsing. Uh. <laughs> so like she's terrified of Mothman. It's beautiful there, though. Like, it is. if you, uh, when you, like, go to the river at Point Pleasant, like, right, it's literally, like, right across the street from the Mothman Museum. They have yeah. a mural of, like, um, I don't know if it's of Point Pleasant or of, like, West Virginia, but it starts in, like, like, way, way, way back in the day. And the mural starts there and, like, goes up to modern time, and each painting is, like, forward in time but it shows like the whole timeline of the area that sounds really cool it's really beautiful it's cool yeah and then you got mothman and he has a nice cake on him oh yeah and the mothman statue who who knows why they gave yeah (laughs) why he gave him that cake i have no idea but they gave mothman a nice cake 
And there's a good coffee shop there, too, as mm -hmm. well. I can't remember what it's called, though. And the museum is really cool. It has, like, um, all the sightings and, like, the newspaper articles from the sightings. And then it has, like, how Mothman impacted modern-day, like, media with all his movies, like, TV shows and, like, the books and different stuff like that. It was really cool to see. I've heard that, like, well, obviously, like, people go to visit because of Mothman. And it sounds like everyone there is, like, happy with the visitors it brings. Uh, was the vibe kind of yeah. like Mothman stuff everywhere or was it like a few spots to stop at while you were there? It was like they embraced Mothman. Like yeah. it, it saved was the whole Mothman. town. <laughs> like if Mothman didn't happen, that town probably would would have either just kind of died out or because like the only thing there was like the TNT factory. Yeah. And now that that's gone, like if the Mothman thing wasn't a thing, nobody would go there probably. I have yeah. a new theory. Maybe the Mothman himself made a Thanos-like decision killing those 46 people on the bridge to save the town of Point Pleasant. Oh. For the greater good, that's what Mothman was thinking. He hit him with a... <laughs> he said there could yeah. be profit here. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. I mean, it's, it's basically all that town is. People go there for mm -hmm. Mothman. <laughs> it's a, a cute little town. Mm-hmm. Is when it, we went, um, the coffee shop was closed, which was sad because the coffee shop looks really cool. They have like uh, Mothman treats and then Mothman drink. Mothman drink, yum. What yeah. does it taste like? <laughs> Mothman? I don't know. It was closed. We didn't get to try it. I was sad. <laughs> and the one time I went there and it was open, I don't, I don't know if I had the Mothman thing. I had like a raspberry latte or something weird. <sighs> you missed out. I've been oh, to West Virginia. I haven't <laughs> been to Point Pleasant, but I don't. I feel like West Virginia kind of has its own vibe, and uh, like uh, the woodsiness yeah. and kind of like uh, secludedness. I mean, yeah. You've, I don't know if you've heard like the things about the Appalachian uh, forest, like the mountains and stuff, like all the creatures that are supposedly found in there. That's really interesting. <laughs> right. I've heard of like uh, about like. Areas of, uh, well, I think it was from this book, even the Mothman prophecies. John Keel was talking about how, like, like, oh, Native American tribes had moved into every area surrounding it, but they left West Virginia alone. And then, uh, mm. yeah, interesting. There's, there's that we can talk about it later, but that, um, the theory that of the like blood curse. Are you familiar I with that? I haven't heard of that. No, okay. well, <laughs> talk about it later. Uh, I put okay. this bit in here for you. I, I enjoy Marvel like I feel most folks might, but uh, I'll accommodate to your, to your DC needs. Oh, uh, are yeah. you aware? I do love DC. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I will say, though, that I haven't seen the past few um, DC like projects, and I feel like I should. I've heard nothing but good things about them. They've been doing really good so far. Peacemaker, the show was really good. And The Suicide Squad, that was a really good movie. I was really happy to see that. Okay, Peacemaker and Suicide Squad were not just good. They were fantastic. <laughs> they they were. were amazing. Peacemaker is a masterpiece. <laughs> it was really good. John Cena. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Well, I can read this next part. Uh, DC Comics Connection. Through the descriptions of the entity bring to mind 
A bat-like man, they don't name it the obvious as the Batman TV series was already a popular show at the time of the sightings, though Killer Moth, an evil counterpart to Batman in the ca- in the comics, is likely to have helped inspire the name. So that's funny, because I never really put that together. Right. <laughs> like, that Killer Moth was Mothman. It, it, that always cracked yeah. me up. That they describe, it's like, it's like a gray man. It's bigger than a human with gray skinny wings. It looks like a bat. I know. It's, we'll call him the Mothman. I, yeah, I think it's funny that they called him the Mothman because it definitely doesn't strike terror into you. Like, I don't know. I think in its own know. way. Yeah, like, well, uh, the Mothman, I don't know. Like, kind of, I've, I've, fallen in love with like the meme of the mothman like you see like little chibi yeah. like mothmen <laughs> and it's so cute and like the butt of the statue like we have these own kind of like ideas applied to mothman now instead of just the story and i, I like a lot of that stuff a lot but uh yeah <laughs> I, I feel like if you didn't know that. his backstory he wouldn't strike fear into you like hearing mothman not knowing his backstory you'd be like that guy is probably weak. <laughs> <laughs> what is he attracted to lamps? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that was a good one. Wasn't expecting that one. He got me good. <laughs> picture like picture a picture body of a man, mind of a moth. Yeah. Also like I don't know if you've heard like what he supposedly sounds like, but that just cracks me up too. Like, they say, yeah, (laughs) like, Uh, it's some high-pitched, like, record scratching or something like that. Right. (laughs) And, uh, I think it was one of, like... That's to strike fear. I don't, I think it was one of the, um, like, the four people in the car that we'll get to in a second, but, uh, they described the Mm -hmm. sound as, like, a large, like, mouse or, like, a high-pitched mouse noise, (laughs) and that's just... (laughs) Like, I don't know, it's just kind of funny <laughs> contrasting the stark, black, massive, flying man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just making that noise while it's uh, trying to, like, chase you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I have a sound I'm going to edit in later that I think is, you know, I don't know, you saw it in the document, but we'll get to that. Um, Okay, so here I am editing in that audio clip I mentioned, but first I would like to issue a warning. Not only a warning, but an apology um, to both headphones and speaker users. But I wanted to include this because it's kind of what I picture Mothman sounding like anyway. Allow me to paint the scene. I think it helps, actually. You and a couple friends, you're cruising through the woods at night. It's an abandoned military storage area. All the materials are long gone, but the threat of war remains. And what else remains? Do you hear that? Oh my gosh, what is that? You and your friends look at each other in disbelief. Uh, what the freaking heck? You say. But the beast continues to scream. Right, okay, again, apologies, but that was a barn owl. Uh, You can just kind of picture how scary the situation would be even with something as tame as an owl. I just wanted to include that. 
this is the first real sighting of uh, Mothman. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm about to read is taken from an article printed on uh, Friday, November 18th, 1966, titled, Eight People S Say They Saw a Creature. Eight people say they saw a flying creature near the Ohio River community, and a dog could have fallen victim to it. And now a Kanawha County gravedigger says a brown man flew past him last weekend. Kenneth Duncan of Blue Creek near Charleston said he and some other men were digging his brother-in-law's grave on Saturday when something that looked like a brown human being buzzed past. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> it's like Mothman, so I just imagine like some furry dressed up as a moth just like buzzing past. Buzz, buzz, flapping his wings. It was gliding through the trees and was in sight for about a minute, Duncan said. Four other men helping to dig the grave didn't see it. Uh, in a different newspaper article, I saw Ken says that it was gone before the, before the others had time to notice it. So, I'm just sure, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> the thing described as a huge bird, a huge bird-like creature, sorry, with eyes like red reflectors, and a wingspan of 10 feet first was reported to police by Steve Millette and Roger Scarberry and their wives, which is the next story uh, we'll read, uh, who say they saw it three times last Tuesday and early Wednesday, about five miles north of here. Four other persons also told Mason County Sheriff George Johnson they saw it in the same general area. And a contractor, Newell Partridge, who lives 100 miles to the north, says he feels it may have had something to do with the disappearance of his $350 German Shepherd dog bandit. Yeah. That's cheap for a German Shepherd. Is, I, like. I don't know why they put that in there. It well, I guess funny. it was. Yeah, 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 that is still really funny. <laughs> Partridge That's said he hell. sighted the thing in a meadow near his home in Doddridge County about 50 m minutes before the Point Pleasant sightings. Partridge says the television set began acting like a generator and Bandit started carrying on something terrible. Partridge said he shined a flashlight into the field and saw something with eyes like red reflectors. The dog's hair stood straight up, he said, and the animal went into the field. The dog never returned. Partridge said there was no trace of it in the morning. And uh, that dog, um, I don't think I put it in this paper, but I'll mention it. And I also have a uh, point in the book that I, I, I'd like to look at real quick. Oh, he has it ready. I want to read that book. Is it interesting? Yeah, okay. Well, before I get into the book, yeah. Let's just talk about the book as itself for a second and John Keel. Yes. Because... I'm interested. The book is fun. It's fun to read and it's fun to like be taken on the journey. But it's also kind of like depressing that it's where like the whole Mothman story really came out of. And John Keel is like... He acknowledges that he, like, dramatizes things, and his writing style is kind of just conversational, like him and different people that were integral to the story, like, talking, and mm -hmm. you just got to take him for his word that that actually happened. Uh, he kind of put together the, uh, the idea that uh, the Mothman was a warning for the bridge disaster, like, that, like, came out of this book pretty much. And just like, I don't know, to me, the, this is like where most of the story comes from. This is like the source. 
and it's just kind of mm-hmm. sad that like the source is, doesn't seem as as reliable as I'd like it to be. Like you kind of, I don't, I don't know what all <laughs> happened in this book. I don't know what conversations he really had. I don't know what like little things he made up. That's kind of his writing style, though. And like I don't know, it's just, it's a it's a good story. Hmm. Yeah, I think I remember they had like. A good section in the museum to him, if I'm remembering correctly. I could see that. Because, yeah, like you said, he was a big part of starting the Mothman craze, I should say. In this book, he talks about showing up in Point Pleasant, and uh, it's just funny, the image he paints of himself. It sounds like a, a like a Fiverr men in black investigator that, like... <laughs> Shows up with a briefcase at, like, the scenes of, like, mysterious events. But he's, like, a writer and, like, knocks on your door and is like, Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> so he was really trying to be, like, the men in black. Like... Yeah, he was... He was really, like... He talked about how, uh... I don't remember the exact crane. It was it was some kind of name of a crane that a lot of people... Oh, I've got it right here. Um. Oh... Yeah, it's the Sandhill Crane. Yeah, I yeah. Um, put it in there because okay. I remember them talking about it because it is uh, gray and it uh, has a really big wingspan. I can't remember the wingspan. And also um, where its eyes are, it's actually red. So it's like gray and then has these big red dots like right where its eyes are. Mm. So that's a theory that the Mothman, they could have saw a Sandhill Crane. Mm. In this book... Uh... He mentions that he carried a picture of a sandhill crane in his briefcase to like show to people and be like, no, didn't. "Is this what you saw?" And it was like <laughs> oh a picture gosh. of a bird. <laughs> and he said they they all said no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know there's like I need to look into it, but um, I'm not sure if a sandhill crane like if they're seen in that area all that often or if it would be rare to see them. Because I'm not, like, a bird expert. I wish I was. I wish I was a birder. I think those people are so cool. <laughs> but um, I don't know their, like, range if they go, like, it out in Point Pleasant, if they're seen there often or not. Just the descriptions don't really match a crane to me. I, I have talk about later, I kind of think they're seeing owls, maybe. But the description yeah. of like round, huge round eyes spaced like that, just like a glare and not really having a head or face to speak of, like all of that sounds like remis- reminiscent of an owl where a crane would have a super long neck and like a big pointy thing coming out yeah. of its face and its eyes are kind of like more on the side. It wouldn't look like circles unless it was like You the- wouldn't see both of them at the same time. Right. I feel like. And also, like you were saying, the sandhill crane, like the eyes aren't actually red. It's just like they have red coloring around their eyes. So at night, if the beam is going out there, you wouldn't be seeing that red necessarily because it's more of the reflectiveness of the eyes. So yeah, now it would make more sense. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> for the owl section later. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, this is this is the new pa- partridge encounter that I mentioned. Uh, the guy that had the dog go missing and uh, his mm-hmm. television set began acting like a generator. 
which I didn't really know what that means. So I was going to elaborate a little bit that yeah. <laughs> uh, from the book. So could he like power stuff from his TV? Like, yeah, I'm very confused by this generator of a TV. <laughs> you know, it, it was one moment it was displaying an image. The next moment it was producing power. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so... I'm just so confused by what power, like, did he try to power, like, different electronics from his TV? Like, how did he know it was producing power? I'm kind of just picturing, like, sparks flying, like, a static image, like, it's, like, pulsing or something with power. I, I don't really know. I think that's kind of the image it's supposed to convey. But here's what, he, what else he says. This is this just the whole encounter. Um... On the evening of November 14th, 1966, Bandit, a big, muscular German shepherd, had dashed into the darkness and vanished. It was about 10.30 that night, and suddenly the TV blanked out, Partridge said. A real fine herringbone pattern appeared on the tube, and at the same time the set started, a loud whirring noise, winding up to a high pitch, was peaking and breaking off. As if you were on a musical scale and you went as high as you could, came back down, and repeated it. It sounded like a generator winding up, it reminded me of hand-filled generators that one might use for portable radio transmission in an emergency. Hmm. So that's interesting. All right, that I, I don't know what a hand-filled generator more. is really. I'm picturing like maybe like war times, like flashlight. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I imagine like the hand crank like flashlights that you use, and you're like cranking them, and they make that like. That's what I'm picturing, but I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Um. Outside on the porch, Bandit began wailing. Partridge picked up a flashlight and went outside to investigate. The dog was sitting on the end of the porch, howling down towards the hay barn in the bottom, Partridge continued. I shined the light in that direction, and it picked up two red circles, or eyes which looked like bicycle reflectors. Still, there was something about those eyes that is difficult to explain. When I was a kid, I night hunted all the time, and I certainly know what animal eyes look like, such as coon, dog, cat eyes in the dark. These were much larger, for one thing. It's a good length of a football field to that hay barn, probably about 150 yards. Still, those eyes showed up huge for that distance. As soon as the flashlight picked out the eyes, Bandit snarled and ran towards them. A cold chill swept over the man, and he felt a wave of fear which kept him from following the dog. That night, he slept with a loaded gun beside his bed. The next day, he went out looking for the dog. I walked out to the barn looking for tracks. Here and there, I could see Bandit's paw prints. They were rather easy to see for he was a heavy dog and the area was muddy. At the approximate position of the eyes, he found a large number of dog tracks. Those tracks were going in a circle, as if the dog had been chasing his tail, Partridge explained, though he never did that, and that was that. I couldn't see them go off anywhere, though I did see a series of fresh tracks which apparently led from the porch to the spot where he ran in circles. There were no other tracks of any kind. Bandit simply vanished into thin air. So. so Mothman yeah. just took up that German Shepherd yeah. and flew him somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, just picked him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, escalated so quickly. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just love the part. My bad, I didn't mean to. Interrupt. Good. I just love the part where he's he's like, I didn't. I've seen other eyes, but I did not recognize these eyes. So I slept with a loaded gun beside me. <laughs> right. I mean. His eyes were haunting. Not, I mean, if you're that it's understandable, scared and yeah. like you get that kind of like fear in you, you're gonna 
try to be as safe as possible. Yeah, right. That's one like, thing that... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if that was my dog, I would have gone after it. But yeah, that's just me. Right. If it was one of my cats, I would have been out there in a heartbeat. <laughs> Fight off those eyes, no matter what they are. Yeah. Well, that's like, I don't know. That's I think that's where I was going earlier about talking about the Chibi Mothman. Because, like, I love that shit. Like, I love the, the idea of Mothman. <laughs> but uh, also, like, everyone that, like, actually was reported to see it, they walk away, like, shitting their pants. Like, everyone is, like, traumatized and, like, like, I don't know, even if, like, the men in black don't come to your house after you see them, like, people are just, like, freaking out and, like, scared to go in, like, the dark again or, like, like hallucinating eyes, like, in the darkness, like, it's, like, whatever yeah, happens definitely... to these people, like, it's, it's very scary. Yeah, I feel like he definitely has a presence to him, at least, something, like, I wouldn't... Like, I'd say an aura, like, just a dark aura that maybe is affecting these people long after. It's like a lingering effect. <laughs> there was this spot in the book uh, where John Keel was talking about, he found, he described it as, like, an area, like, a zone of fear. Like, it had, like, invisible walls that you could walk through. Like, he had to walk past, like, he had to walk through it, he parked his car, uh, Okay, well, uh, he's, he was driving his car through the woods around Point Pleasant, just, like, looking for something in the middle of the night. And uh, he got freaked out yeah. at this one spot and, like, sped off through it, and the feeling went away. And then uh, he's still just driving around looking for stuff, and he notices that same spot every time, like, freaks him out. So he, like, kind of stops there to, like, check it out. And it was hard to picture, like, the scenario of, like, where the zone is. I don't know how he was, like... It was between him and his car, so I don't. I'm picturing him like off in the woods or something, but uh, I don't know. Just like an area that you could walk into and feel paralyzing fear, like the feeling that something is wrong, something's like watching you, something's about to break, like just paralyzed with fear, and then step like a foot to the side and be, oh, okay. Whew. He said it, he thought it was like ultrasonic waves or something, which is like, okay, but I, I don't know. It seems like that's kind of what I pictured when you said that, oh, like a geomagnetic or like electromagnetic, some sort of like force. That's yeah. kind of what I pictured. And I mean, I don't want to like discredit that he didn't feel anything, but no, go ahead. He might there not have... could be more explanations. There could be something going on in that area of the forest, like underneath the soil that's causing like different minerals and just like different stuff. So I wouldn't necessarily like chalk that up to Mothman. And also knowing like the area of the sightings of Mothman that have taken place, it was like bunkers, TNT, like they had explosives. I'm pretty sure they had chemicals out there. Like, just thinking about the stuff that was kept out there, there might be another explanation for, like, the lingering effects that people have after they have the sightings, or that could be the reason that they're having the sightings. Yeah. And also who knows what they were using back in the day that was, like, legal that probably was not good for you. <laughs> yeah, and also, we know a medium 
and that feeling is real. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about my mother. My my mom has. We think my mom is a medium because she has exactly what you were talking about when she walks into places that are supposedly mm-hmm. like haunted or whatever. She has that same feeling. She immediately feels like something is terribly wrong. Like I should not be here. And then she'll start taking pictures, and we'll look at those pictures, and there's orbs, figures, all kinds of stuff. So, like, I, I, I mean, just from that alone, I kind of, like, I mean, I, I, I believe it. It may have been that, something like I that. I mean, <laughs> he could have, but it also, like, he did say that he dramatized some of the stuff in the story, and, like, I don't want to, like, discredit and say maybe he didn't feel something, but there mm-hmm. were other... There's other things that could be explanations to, like, a scientific explanation. Oh, yeah, I know. See, this is where my brain, like, fights. Like, I'm all about the supernatural, like, all here for it. Like, I believe in it. But then there's, like, my scientific half of the brain that is, like, oh, there's a scientific explanation. Your like, degree that you got? Yeah, my degree. <laughs> like, my scientific brain's just, like, oh, there's got to be something. Like, i got to investigate. That is kind of the challenge <laughs> of finding the truth between all of the specific studies to find the more general truths on yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do know, like, the four people, we haven't gotten to their story, but I'm pretty sure their stories, like, didn't change between the four of them. Like, they kept, like, a similar story, at least, which... That's that's hard to do if you're just, like, playing a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have uh, any reason to, like, disbelieve them. Those, they're, uh, he was with them a lot and, like, talked about them a lot in the book and went back to the, uh, to the TNT area with those four people that we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, I have a description here. You were talking about, like, the explosives and stuff underground. Um in relation to the zone of fear above ground. And I just want to read some of this because it paints a kind of Stranger Things vibe kind of scenario. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) It's right up Dion's alley. It's kind of like the 80s, like uh, UFO, like men in black kind of like government, like is hiding the truth, like all that stuff. I'll just read it. High explosives were manufactured in Point Pleasant during (laughs) World War II. Seven miles outside of town, part of the 2,500-acre McClinton Wildlife Station, an animal preserve and bird sanctuary was ripped up. Miles of underground tunnels were dug, linking camouflaged buildings and factories. 100 igloos were scattered across the fields and woods. Huge concrete domes with heavy steel doors where the finished explosives could be stored safely. Dirt and grass covered the domes, so from the air, the whole area had a harmless pastoral appearance. A few scattered buildings linked by unimproved dirt roads with no suggestion of all the activity going on below ground. It looked a lot like nothing more than what it was supposed to be, a haven for birds and animals in the Ohio River Valley. Yeah, they definitely could have been doing yeah, stuff. Down yeah, yeah. I'm picturing like literally like Hawkins Labs, like with like a mind ray underground in the middle of the woods where like nobody's gonna look. <laughs> like uh, yeah, MK uh, Super Ultra. <laughs> it was done out there, and I mean, I mean, just some of the stuff that happened during World War Two. Like it wouldn't be. 
I wouldn't be surprised if some stuff was happening down under in those tunnels. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to even think about like what happens that like nobody knows or like nobody says. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, the tunnels. The I tunnels is what I was gonna say. Um. Yeah, I didn't know they had tunnels. Are you uh? Have you heard of like I don't know? I've heard them called dumbs, like deep underground military bases. Like, really, like, I don't know, like, how much you want to put into it, but it's, it'd be, well, there's, like, spaces underneath, like, Air Force bases throughout the country and maybe even world that are connected by, like, tunnels so that, like, anything real um, secret can be, like, kept out of sight. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, fun fact, my dad works for the Air Force. He works at Wright-Pat, um, so... Uh, I hear all the time about how Wright Pat is keeping an alien underneath it. So, um, yeah, I hear about that all the time. <laughs> you might have to double check and make sure he doesn't have to edit that out. That's just a conspiracy theory that there's an alien under Wright Pat. I mean, you'll ask any, like, oh, yeah, no, UFO good, enthusiast yeah. and they'll that, tell that's you. That's just the word around town. Yeah, they'll tell you, oh, there's an alien underneath Wright Pat. I have no idea. That's like that's true. Oh, fun. Um, my bad. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. I just wanted to tell like a super short story. One time when I worked at the Kroger, uh, it was like literally like right down the road, like two minutes away from the uh, Air Force Base in Fairborn, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I worked there, and the uh, we had a blackout one time. Uh, it was like at like nine nine or ten o'clock at night. Like, just a random blackout wasn't storming or anything, and every single person that was in the store when it happened blamed it on the aliens at Wright Pat. Every <laughs> single person, they kept going, it's those damn aliens. I bet you it's something at Wright Pat. They're doing something to those aliens. I mean, me and, my, up. me and my family always... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We always go up to my dad and we're like, so uh, how's the alien doing? Uh, <laughs> we, we always just joke that there's an alien underneath Wright Pat. Do you guys Pat, know? So I can't... Like, I yeah. Can't remember her name, but uh have you seen that like have you either of you seen Doctor Who? Uh no, but I know like about Okay. It. Well, I was going to mention there's this it's like the last human alive or something and she looks like a piece of like flesh like stretched across like this canvas and she's like it's just like a face on Ooh. a piece of skin and she's like spray me, moisturize me. And, like <laughs> they're taking care, like, they've already watched Earth be destroyed, I'm pretty sure, and they're, like, taking care of the last human alive, like, a long time later. <laughs> and That's wild. Yeah. That's, like, the alien under right pat. Yeah. I'm picturing them taking care of, like... Just saying. <laughs> like, it's a slab of meat down under... <laughs> <laughs> That's... See, after World War II, Mothman got freed. They were keeping Mothman down in those tunnels, taking care of him, and then... <laughs> Bam, it's over. He's out. he's out. <laughs> Free of the tunnels. Um, Just kidding. The tunnels underneath are his burrows. <laughs> yeah. In this, in the story, he's, like, kind of supposed to live in, like, the... Like, people say, like, the boilers, like, in, like, the factory building that's still there. And, uh... The tunnels were sealed with like concrete slabs, so if you couldn't really like get into them or explore any of that, and that was like when like all the explosives were like carted out after the war, and uh, they kind of just tore down like what they could and like left what didn't matter, like shut down everything. 
But uh, another thing the book mentioned was the like camouflage domes in the woods that like were so like unassuming that it was like nothing. That like after they were done, kind of and like not taking care of it, like after the paint wore off, and it's just these like stark light gray like domes throughout the woods. I can just picture it looking so alien, like these spheres coming out of the ground, which is like yeah, the opposite uh, of camouflage. Did we go to those? Yeah, we actually went to one. Um, yeah, Sydney went inside one. Yeah, there's like, it's very creepy because they're very dark on the inside, even during the day, like no light gets in there. So it's like a flashlight. Yeah, I didn't go in because I'm afraid of the dark still. But I mean, it was kind of just like an ominous like kind of vibe even walking up to it, if you can oh my gosh. see that. <laughs> yeah. That's so and cool. Then, I'm so jealous like, of that. That was like the inside of a. That is dark. So yeah, it like, yeah. They're super graffiti. And like up that too. was the. It even had like branches hanging over it, like making a doorway. So it like gave it this extra creepy vibe, just like walking up to it. That's why I did not go in. Right, I can picture it. I I want to go. It's only a few hours away. Oh I just yeah, gotta, like, save here a weekend is. for it. Yeah, that was like the branches, like doorway going Ooh, up to that it. Looks cool. I do not like it. Yeah, it was it was cool, but definitely I can see like just the vibe, like especially if you go there at night. Definitely your imagination running wild because seeing those domes, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like something's living in there at night. <laughs> Well, now that we're talking about it, too, that's exactly why, like, well, one, I'm afraid of the dark. But two, I had that, like, when we walked up to it and I looked in, I was like, uh, this feels off. I'm not going in there. <laughs> I can picture it. And it that's did. everyone describes it. The, in the book, uh, he was talking about, like, I think it was, it was somewhere around the factory. But uh, there was, like, this loud, like, metal noise like that everyone else heard and like he, he didn't hear and he was inside the building looking for the mothman and just like a few weird things and he was like i i knew from this that ufo uh activity had to be active here like even though like no one talks about it and then he dug up some like reports and like there actually was like i don't know that's kind of thing throughout this too it was like a bunch of like ufo stuff like in this area uh this or yeah, around the same time as mothman um, wasn't, like, after Mothman's sighting, there was an increased number of, like, UFO sightings in the area? Um, yes, yeah. Uh, would, he talked yeah. about showing up and being, like, he was asking around for UFO encounters, and everyone was like, no, we just have, like, the huge bird, like, and that's enough, we don't want aliens, like, but, uh, throughout this, like, he, uh, I don't, that's kind of a pain, though. Like, that's kind of what I'm saying about this book. Because, like, a lot of this stuff, like, they didn't file a police report. They didn't report it to anybody. Like, this is an author, like, talking to people. Like, perhaps, like, putting his own, like, spin on the story. And, like, there's nowhere yeah. to, like, find out, like, what. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating. What they actually said and, like, what he wrote or what they actually saw and what he wrote. Right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, I, he has another book, too, that kind of, like, connects, like, the Mothman and, like, some, uh, 
it's like an overarching theory of like cryptids and uh like he's he touches on it in this book too obviously but he talks about like them being almost like a uh like an angel or like a manifestation from like another like dimension like poking in and like that's why there's like so much weird stuff like going on around it like i don't know like i'm sure we'll cover all kinds of stuff about this but that that weird kind of like and like the the tv and the um there was a cop that was there with uh the author and the four people and uh like his radio started making that kind of warbled noise you were describing earlier uh and yeah i don't it's like a like a electrical interference kind of thing like it could be all kinds of things you know but like it's just like there's this weird kind of vibe that follows like areas of like weird events around which uh speaking of that i know all of the interference like the electrical interference and stuff um plays into the part of like one of the theories that mothman is like an alien like all the UFO sightings and, like, the interference, they all, like, say, oh, it's because Mothman's an alien. And then that that's also why they think the men in black keep coming to people's uh, houses that have seen Mothman. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through this, uh, the Scarberry and uh, Mallette sighting real quick because those are the two main... Uh, well, this, this event itself... Is pretty much what started it all. Like a newspaper published this article, and that attracted a bunch of attention. People going there to find out like what's going on, and like the story of the Mothman kind of came around. Uh, this is from November sixteenth, nineteen sixty-six. Couples see man-sized bird creature something. It was a bird or something. It definitely wasn't a flying saucer. Two Point Pleasant couples said today they encountered a man-sized, bird-like creature in the TNT area around midnight last night. Sheriff's deputies and city police went to the scene about 2 o'clock this morning, but were unable to spot anything. The two young men telling their story this morning were dead serious and asserted they hadn't been drinking. Steve Mallette and Roger Scarberry described the thing as being about 6 or 7 feet tall, having a wingspan of 10 feet and red eyes about 2 inches in diameter and 6 inches apart. It was like a man with wings, Millette said. It wasn't like anything you'd see on TV or in a monster movie. The men and their wives were in Scarberry's car between 11.30 p.m. and midnight when they spotted the creature near the old power plant ad- adjacent to the National Guard armory buildings. The creature was seen standing on three occasions and was described as being extremely fast. It flew about 100 miles an hour. Uh, so it was extremely fast in flight, but it was a clumsy runner. Deputy Millard Halstead said that he seen dust in the vicinity of a coal field, but it could have been caused by the bird, he said. I like that report that they put in the newspaper. <laughs> and he saw, he saw some dust yeah. in the vicinity of a field. <laughs> it could have been wow. the Mothman. <laughs> I also liked how they described the Mothman as a clumsy runner. Yeah, I'm like waddling around. <laughs> yeah (laughs) like that doesn't make him seem scary at all (laughs) he comes after you and he just like face plants and then he just gets up and starts flying towards (laughs) you and that's when the real fear strikes that's when uh 
listeners and you guys, whatever theory you have in your head, like the reports of it like flying are so weird because it like every people say like it doesn't move its wings, like it's just like T posing across the sky. And <laughs> I I can't picture that hardly. They're like no one really mentions arms, so does it just have like little dangling legs and huge wings? And if so, that's yeah. kinda a bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I just I can't get out of like the Mothman meme mindset. Like I just see Mothman as a meme. That's what he's tied to for me. Right. True. We fell in love with the character in the story. Yeah. <laughs> Feel bad for these like people that have seen him and it's like pure terror and then there's just like a whole community of us just making Mothman memes like <laughs> They're probably like, this is not what I expected. Right. <laughs> Can't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, like, like they're staying up all night seeing these red eyes and like their dreams, having like seeing them wherever they go, and we're just like, look at the cake on Mothman. That's that's that is the uh, image that shows up in their feed when they're laying in bed. Look at that cake on Mothman, and they just start crying. <laughs> yeah, and they just turn their phone off and put it down. <laughs> I mean, I would. <laughs> I'm a hard guy to scare, Scarberry said, but last night I was for getting out of there. They did just that, but the thing followed them. They said it was hovering around over the car, apparently gliding, until they reached the National Guard Armory on Route 62. We went downtown, turned around, and went back, and there it was again, Mallet said. It seemed to be waiting on us. He said the light gray creature then scurried through a field. It also had flown across the top of the car. It apparently is afraid of light, Mallet reasoned, and maybe it thought it was scaring us off. And I just got a comment that the name, again, Mothman, and then this guy, the main story, he's saying, it apparently is afraid of light. Doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah. It would be mm. attracted to Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Interesting. Maybe it's just showing that it has, like, higher intelligence, like it doesn't want to be found out. It doesn't want to be seen. Right. He's weaning off light right now. Yeah. He's he's off light. He had too much of addiction. (laughs) The young men said they saw the creature's eyes, which glowed red, only when their lights shined on it, and it seemed to want to get away from the lights. They said it looked like a man with wings, but that its head was not an outstanding characteristic. If I were Mothman, I would feel insulted by that. Moving on. Yeah. Both Both were slightly pale and tired from a lack of sleep during the night following their heroin experience. They speculated that the thing was living in the vacant power plant, possibly in one of the huge boilers. There are pigeons in all the other buildings, Mallette said, but not in that one. If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything, Scarberry commented. But there were four of us who saw it. They said it didn't resemble a bat in any way, but maybe what you could visualize as an angel. I like that. The next time (laughs) they saw it was at the gate of the C.C. Lewis farm on Route 62. They heard a sound like flapping wings, and they said a bird rose straight up like a helicopter. This doesn't have an explanation to it, Millette said. It was an animal, but nothing like I've ever seen before. Are they going back to look for the creature? Yes, Millette said. This afternoon and again tonight. Today, Scarberry said, but tonight, I don't know. He was was a little scary pants, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's like a scarberry. Yeah. 
He didn't want to go out at night. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. But Mallet, no, you know, Mallet had no like problem were... doing it. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were searching for it, like, and you saw it at night. Wouldn't you want to go back at night to see if you could find it? Yeah, again? like, uh, like um, Craigslist, like misconnections. Get back out and like pick up where you <laughs> left off, and uh, you know, patch things over, introduce yourself <laughs> to the Mothman. <laughs> Speaking of eyes, you can see Albus. Move your head. Do you see Albus's eyes right there? It's so scary. It scared me in the background. That uh, like reflective eye thing that like animals do. Yeah, like, do I think that's kind of. Oh, he is Mothman. <laughs> Everyone like talks about like just the eyes and like they don't even really see a face. Like I don't. Everyone just cares about like the red eyes. And uh, I'm kind of. Yeah. I think it's an owl because they got big, huge, circular eyes on the front of their face, and like I'll I'll show you guys mm-hmm. pictures of like mm-hmm. I don't know if you look through the document, but they're at the bottom uh, of like owls with like red yeah. eyes and like a little Mothman shaped body, and like I can picture like I don't know. That's the one thing though is that every single report is like, oh yeah, it was like seven feet tall, it was massive, and then like how do you how do you uh, put that into like otherwise sounding like. Oh, maybe they just were scared and so like an owl was around them and like staring at them weird. Yeah. But then like everybody saying like how huge it was, like that's like a kind of like a pretty accepted characteristic of the Mothman. But uh, I don't know. It's just hard to say. Yeah, I mean, the owl thing makes a lot of sense because they do have like huge circular eyes and a lot of them have red eyes at least at night i think and i think they were saying that it was a horned owl that it could be which are pretty big owls yeah but i don't think they're as big as like they're saying like mothman was but also if you're seeing like that wingspan at a distance it might look bigger to you than when you see it up close right i'm kind of picturing these stories in like a weird little like woodsy environment but like like creepy vibes but like woodsy like i don't know and uh just not really having like a frame of reference for like trees around it or something like maybe you're looking at it down like the road like when they like went and came back and saw it like maybe it's just they're far away and can't really get a get an accurate gauge but it seems like also i don't know like uh it seems like maybe they could have why would everyone go up why would everyone round up to like seven feet if it's like just like a big owl, which I can't picture being more than like two or three feet normally. Yeah, I do say like there's some credit to like all four people seeing this and like describing it the same way. Like that's it's a hard thing to do. Like I was saying, if you're playing a prank, like getting everyone on the same story of what happened and like making sure you tell it all the same. Mm-hmm. So like... It definitely, I feel like, credits that they saw something that night. Yeah. Not sure what, but I don't know something. Right. <laughs> I don't know what, what was going on. Um, I don't know. That's why it's so strange because you have, like, like after, like, there's, like, a, a drama made out of it and, like, people are coming by, like, just to see, like, the area and try to, like, see something. It's hard to take, like, many of those seriously. Like, after it's, like, in the zeitgeist of, like, pop culture or whatever uh that's why i kind of stuck with like a few of these like 
main things that started it off. Yeah, because nowadays, if someone said they spotted it, it could just be like, and they described it, it's like, oh, they already know what Mothman looks like. They might have not seen him. Right. What would be most <laughs> of They're almost like old school Twitter. Yeah. Like Twitter before Twitter. What would be most exciting was if everyone started seeing like some new cryptid, like that no one had to like. There's not like an idea for, but like everyone starts seeing like some new figure, and it's like, where did they come from? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. We already kind of talked about how like uh there was a lot of UFO activity in the area around the ti- same time. Uh, I picked the Indrid Cold incident here because I think that's kind of the most. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of its own like idea. Like it's it's kind of injured cold is like his own like folklore like entity. Like oh, I don't know, along with the Mothman. Like uh, this guy Woodrow Derenberger, like his life ended up pretty ruined, honestly. Like because of this event, but he always stuck to it. I'll just read this report here. Uh, this is transcribed from uh, WTAP Television in Ohio from November 3rd, 1966. I'm a salesman and I drive a truck. And last night, shortly just after seven, I was coming from Marriott, Ohio, coming down Interstate 77. And just before I came to the intersection of Route 47, there was a car past me, overtaking me from behind and followed closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. There was a car behind and past me. This object was following close behind it and swerved directly in front of my truck, turning crosswise. When it turned crosswise, it slowed down. It started slowing not abruptly or too fast, but gave me plenty of time to step on my brakes and slow down with it. But it forced me to come to a complete stop. As soon as I had stopped, there was a door open in the side of this vehicle, and this man stepped out and came directly to me. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck, and he told me to roll down the window. He asked me to roll down the window on the right-hand side of my truck, and I'd done what he asked. And this man stood there, and he first asked me what I was called, And I knew he meant my name, and I told him my name. And then he asked me, he said, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And I told him my name. And when I told him my name, he said he was called Cold. That was the name he was called by. And this guy, he describes it as like a lantern shaped, like you guys can picture kind of like a kerosene, like oil lantern like kind of the glass mm. piece like sideways so it's like a bulge and like it's kind of like a double-ended bong <laughs> that's kind of the shape uh that the ship is described by and he steps out of it and talks to the guy talks to uh Woodrow for a while on the side of the road and he said the ship rose up like 50 feet or maybe it was 50 meters it goes up in the sky like above the interstate and other people, like, drive by and report, like, seeing this guy talking to someone on the side of the road. And, like, some people, uh, I heard that, like, some people didn't see the saucer, and I think some people did. But he he said uh, that Intrid Cold continues to visit him. Not now, the guy's dead now. But uh, it was, like, a thing going on in his life that, like, he would uh, go meet Intrid Cold. And uh, he was gone for, like, six months at one point. Said he was with Intrid Cold. Uh, he wrote a book called "Like Visitors from Lanyulos," talking about when Indrid Cold took him to uh, his home planet Lanyulos. I couldn't find anything like backing this part up, but John Keel said that he had like a piece of like 
Injured Cold was described as wearing like this like green metal suit, and I'm kind of I don't I don't know I'm picturing like Iron Man like nanotech armor or something like <laughs> they, they all say metal, <laughs> so I'm picturing like a bunch of little metal pieces or something. Yeah. <laughs> instead of just like a sheen, but like a metal jacket that's like green. And uh, John Keel says that Woody Derenberger brought back a piece of that material, but I couldn't find anything else about that. I couldn't find any like anyone else saying anything about that at all. But uh, <laughs> it'd be interesting if it was uh, what happened. That's that's a wild story. I mean, I feel like I've heard of this. Um, it kind of reminds me of... Um, I just recently watched through JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and in part four, an alien just pops up for, like, no reason and just, like, hangs out with the main character and, like, talks to him. And it's, like, that's just what it reminded me of. Like, this (laughs) alien just came and was like, hey, you look cool. I'm going to be your friend. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what was so special about Woody (laughs) Derenberger. I don't know why he got to go to Lanulos and not me. Yeah, I mean, I want an alien just to, like, come down and be my friend. That sounds like a cool time. I get a piece of a metallic, not a metallic, a metal green suit. That's all I need. Like, what was he, the green goblin? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. The green goblin. There's a, If I just had these two things in life, I'd be happy. An alien and <laughs> a yeah. green space suit. That's all I need. Nothing else. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, there was also I didn't have much about this, but there's also reports of like kids uh, in New Jersey seeing like a weird smiling man in a metal green suit in October 1966, and he kind of just fits in with like the Men in Black vibe too, kind of like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's easy to picture like like it, it depends what like if you're even gonna take this story seriously but uh there are a few more weird things like uh i think it's nightcap it's it's like a ufo like study thing or was i don't remember the acronym but uh they were like telling woody like he said he was getting calls from them telling him not to talk about anything and uh when they were like they'd write like newsletters like saying woody was like a fraud and a hoax and then they were spelling cold injured cold woody was saying c-o-l-d and they spelled cold k-u-l-d and i don't know what that means mm. but uh that kind of yeah that's kind of supposed to like make you think that they already knew about injured cold and they knew more about him and woody was just a country guy that got like the name wrong when he said his name was cold <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't know like uh He's just kind of associated, like, with the Mothman story. Like, people, I don't know. You could say he was, like, a bounty hunter here trying to catch Mothman. You could say he's, like, a a handler here putting Mothman on the earth. You could say he's, you could say he is the Mothman. He opens up his metal green suit into wings and flies straight up. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it could be just that. Mothman was an alien and he attracted other alien like activity. I'm an alien. I want an alien to come visit me. <laughs> yeah. Um, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> the Silver Bridge collapse is also like very heavily tied into like the Mothman story, and that's because of the Mothman prophecies by John A. Keel. 
So, uh, I, I watched like this whole like uh, demonstration of like what exactly like went wrong on the bridge and like how it fell apart, and uh, I kind of like the bridge collapsing itself is not like mysterious. Like, uh, like when you hear about like it was inspected, but they sent a guy out who had like a regular job and they gave him a pair of binoculars and said like inspect the bridge. So it was like. Looks okay. <laughs> Looks like, great. Yeah. So it, it wasn't. It wasn't safe, and also uh, cars like were getting heavier at the time than the time the bridge was built. They were getting bigger, and also it's like there's a lot of like farm machinery going through. Um, I'll just read this. Uh, on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, just hours before dark, and in the cold of December, the silver bridge connecting Point Pleasant to Galapagos. Ohio collapsed entirely. It was packed with rush hour traffic and presumably families returning to their homes with their Christmas gifts and assorted holiday purchases. In under a minute, the bridge was gone. The harsh conditions in a winter evening, the coldest of the year, the limited amount of daylight for rescue efforts as well as a vital connection point to the hospital now being destroyed made this a catastrophic loss of life. 46 people died, 9 were injured, and 2 were never found. Inspection of the pieces removed from the river showed that a single sheared eye bar in the steel chain suspension system that works like a bike chain disconnecting that support dropped entirely and the whole bridge dropped in pieces. Um, this is a little snippet that I, I wrote down from a video on YouTube called uh, The Silver Bridge Disaster. At the point of failure, a brittle crack grew almost instantly down to the outer edge. This overloaded the upper side, which then separated. The resulting asymmetric load on the pin caused it to twist, and the single eye bar that was left vibrated off the other side of the pin, at which point the chain was completely severed. The adjacent tower, being destabilized, started toppling and fell to the north. The road below twisted over, and the other tower was pulled down into the river as well. It's just crazy, like, picturing this. They were very proud of the design. This town loved, like, the bridge. They liked the silver color. Like, every time that they repainted it, they kept the silver color. Like, it was a, it was one of the first bridges like that. They were, they were happy about it. And uh, just trying to imagine the, the sound of that metal shearing and all of that weight falling into the river, twisting bars of metal and, like, Mm-hmm. cars and asphalt and everything just crushing and breaking i can't imagine what it sounded like i watched a video about uh, a lady who was there she was on the bridge when she heard something and thought the bridge got hit by a boat going under it or something so she backed up and uh her car stalled but she got it back enough and its wheels stopped right over like a brake section like this part's over land and then there's, like, the next part of the bridge goes out over the water. And uh, she got back on the part that didn't ever fall into the water. But everything in front of her, like, the car in front of her, like, fell into the river right in front of her. And she just backed up and got off the bridge right in time. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. She says, like, the sound was the scariest thing. And I just can't imagine the sound. That's like something out of a movie. Yeah. She just backs up and yeah. then all of a sudden yeah, the bridge is... She was meant to make it. She had like an idol of protection. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, for real. Just, yeah, hearing that sound would probably be like the scariest, like most 
gut-wrenching thing to hear on a bridge especially because like you're trusting that thing with your life that you're gonna make it over the river mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to hear that would just be like oh shit like i think at the at the museum i think they had pieces mm-hmm. of the bridge in mm-hmm. there also they had a whole entire i don't know what the actual name of it is I'll just say manifesto. It's like a big, huge, ginormous paper, like four or five feet long and like three or four feet high. And it had every single make, model, license plate number, how many people were in the car, every single car that like fell into the river. Yeah. And you can still see the, uh, I don't know if, I don't remember if we saw it. We did it. But I, I saw it like one of the first times I went there. My dad pointed it out. But you can still see the concrete blocks in the river where the silver bridge was. I mean, there's nothing connected to it, obviously. Right. But you can still see the blocks where they put it into the river. That's crazy. But I, that story baffles me every time I hear it. Yeah. I it's mean, just, it's just crazy. It's crazy, but then it's also like they didn't see this coming if they just had a man inspect it with binoculars yeah. and not really go up there and check all of the suspension because looking at it from an engineering like standpoint there's very important structural parts to a bridge to make it last and yeah the suspension is part of that that's keeping up the the bridge <laughs> The best thing to come from this was that the Silver Bridges collapse did lead to, like, bridge inspection and safety reform across the country, which is, like, oh, nice. why we're safe for the most part today. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that. That's cool. That is something good to come out of this, because we don't want another tragedy like that to happen. You know the Jeremiah Bridge, probably. Yeah. Okay. I do not. For real? Mm-mm. I, th- I think it's fixed now because they just added a few more sections to it. But that bridge, I heard from people that walked under it and were like picking up like bolts and stuff that like fallen from the bridge. Like it was in that bad of shape there oh. on the ground by the water down below. Oh, yeah. yeah. My dad has told me stories about that. That's that's scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad told me when he was a kid, he used to like play under the Jeremiah Bridge and, and like him and his friends would like go under there and they had that same thing happen to them. And they said they could hear the vibrations and like shit of all of the metal and mm. everything. Yeah, he said it was like real, real creepy. That's spooky. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like the longest bridge in Ohio or something? It might be. Like just in length, not height or anything? I have no idea. It, it holds some sort of record or something. I don't know. Oh. Um, After the bridge disaster, the strange happenings seemingly stopped immediately. Maybe this was what it was all leading up to. Like a weird cosmic warning. Maybe the psyche of the town was on high alert, somehow perceiving the threat of danger. Maybe the bridge took the Mothman down with it. Maybe the town was in mourning and wasn't in the mood for pondering what other monsters reality might bring us. Um, This is a quote from John Keel here. This planet is haunted by us. The other occupants just evade boredom by filling our skies and seas with monsters. Um, after like the whole kind of Mothman story, uh, that all happened in 1966 with the bridge uh, collapse in 1967. Um, after uh, Here's 1975, the Mothman Prophecies book by John Keel comes out, which kind of breaks the story. Uh, I guess people talking about the Mothman. Um, 
It kind of stews in pop culture for a while. In 2002, the Mothman Prophecies book uh, is made into the Mothman Prophecies movie, loosely based on the book. Also in 2002, Point Pleasant's first annual Mothman Festival. Uh, they say it had attracted ten to 12,000 people a year, which seems like pretty crazy numbers for a festival. Yeah. Especially how small that town is. Right. <laughs> I'm not that surprised because my hometown that I'm from has a sauerkraut festival and it's small, like Point Pleasant, and it brings in like thousands of people just that weekend into the town for that festival alone. So I can definitely see people that are Mothman enthusiasts like traveling to come to this. No, yeah, I completely agree, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would totally believe that now. I'm the, I, When I read it, it was just, it was beside the fact about the 2002 first annual Mothman Festival. So I'm not sure if they're talking about 10,000 people there or like now. I don't know. I guess people already would have been interested in it. It just, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2003, a 12-foot statue of the Mothman was un- unveiled in Point Pleasant, created by artist and sculptor Bob Roach. And you guys know, but everyone loves its ass. Yeah. Shout out to Bob Roach, Bob baby. Roach for that cake. Bob Roach knows an ass. Yeah. If you want the pictures, we can send you the pictures of us with Mothman. Do it. Hey, let me see if I can find them. You can post them on the, on the gram that you have for the uh, pod, which, by the way, logo looks fantastic. You did an amazing job on that, by the way. Um, and then the last thing I have on there is 2005, the Mothman Museum and Research Center opens, which is what you guys were talking about. I have Mothman's ass right here. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we love Mothman. Yes. The funny uh, little tidbit about the museum. So I went there when I was like super young. I went there again when I was a little bit older. I went there like a couple years ago and then we went together. Was it last year? right? No, I think it was in 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I saw the same guy working there every single time I went. It's I think it's just one guy that like runs it. He's super nice. And I mean, it's, it's a really cool museum yeah. and then they have like cool Mothman souvenirs because who wouldn't want like a Mothman shirt or a Mothman mug? Right. I'm, I really want to go. That sounds so fun. They like, like they have like Mothman stuff, but there was also randomly like like fallout merchandise like random video game merchandise related to like i guess like the it has to be related to like the tnt like factory i guess i don't know there was like weird random stuff in the store too along with the mothman stuff but it's it's really cool (laughs) i wonder if like i i haven't played fallout since i played fallout 4 on my playstation but i haven't done that in forever in like years uh did you guys play Mm. 76 because it has mothman and a whole bunch of like west virginia cryptids in it for Does real? It? Yeah. No, I did not know that. I just knew that Bethesda fumbled the ball of Fallout 76 real bad. That's what I heard too. Yeah, but I don't know. I've never played I've it. I've heard it's pretty playable now. Now that I know Mothman's in it, that might change my tune. Right. <laughs> I'm going to play it. <laughs> Five <Yeah>. star. <laughs> I haven't even played this, but I love this game. But, the... <laughs> but then I'm like curious if they have like one of those Mothman like hunting video games, kind of like how they have the Bigfoot or the Goatman hunting like video game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like Slenderman, but he just comes down and grabs you out of the sky and you can't do anything about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking around for a. Oh, You're the German Shepherd. You play as the German <laughs> Shepherd, and then the the Mothman just comes down and swoops you up. I I, I told you I was going to mention it later, but I forgot to. Uh, Ra, no. Um, uh, the guy's dog. His TV was acting like a generator. He lost his dog bandit. Three hundred and fifty dollar German Shepherd. Uh, the Scarberry. Okay, at least in the Mothman prophecies by John Keel, in that in this truth, this world, uh, the the people, the Scarberries or Millets. I don't remember who it was exactly, but um, when they left after seeing the Mothman, they saw like the body of a dog on the side of the road, and oh, then when no. they came back to see the Mothman again, the dog wasn't there, and. The only place that that's mentioned is in the Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. But I always wondered why everyone always like talks about the dog so much. Like, I like maybe it's the same dog and it like picked it up and carried it across like whatever. <laughs> maybe they became best friends and now it's just the like adventures of Bandit and Mothman, and Mothman just carries him everywhere through the sky. Mothman <laughs> helped him out and just brought him into the spiritual plane in which he resides so they can be together longer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, this whole, like, John uh, Keel, like, um, writing the Mothman prophecy, it kind of gives me, like, an H.P. Lovecraft, like, vibe. Like, he made this whole, like, lore around the Mothman and, like, created this whole thing yeah um i don't know i i think i respect lovecraft a lot more than keel but yeah i know what you're saying (laughs) 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 i I mean it just yeah i mean he did a lot more writing wise he was a piece of shit person but his writing is interesting the whole lovecraft lore um but it just kind of gave me that vibe, like he was creating this Mothman lore. He has a, uh, I mentioned it earlier, how he talks about them as being like maybe like manifestations from like somewhere else, like something else coming into like our reality, like kind of like Mothman, like Men in Black, like a whole bunch of stuff being explained, but like this one thing. And he has a second book about mm-hmm. that called The Eighth Tower, I believe. And I haven't read that, but... I think that's kind of the theory that he has in his head. But uh, we've already kind of covered how people kind of take it as like a harbinger of doom, like like a warning of something bad to come. And I, I noted that there's like similar characters from like mythology all around the world. Like in Hindu, there's the Garuda, which is a winged creature that would uh, precede or pour in disaster. And uh, between like some different tribes and stuff, there's just lots of like, like it's in our mine somewhere like the black winged warning yeah i also think of like um harry potter how like the black dog was the omen i'm, I'm not, not a harry potter fan i haven't seen her like read anything oh. like... <laughs> I, I love harry potter but like he got he saw a black dog and it was like a bad omen and then they were doing like um tea leaf reading and they saw like the grim which was a dog which was just bringing bad omen kind of just like how mothman which i don't know if you said this but i'm pretty sure they like 
got a photograph of him sitting on top of the bridge before it collapsed or like mm. there's something like I've, that I've, I've seen like what i assume is the picture you're talking about i think that's kind of just like a, an artistic like thing like placing it near yeah. the bridge but i'm not sure i, 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 I know what you're know talking about yeah people sighted him on the bridge before it collapsed there's also like there is a picture that like i don't know what it is but there's like a picture that somebody supposedly took like a few years ago of the mothman too you can google and find but it's like looks oh, like really? a, a dude like gliding across the sky and like gray rubber so i don't know i didn't take it too seriously but i'll mention it <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna look up this uh this picture some people uh think that the Mothman could be, like, a demon showing up at sites of suffering to, like, harvest pain energy. Some people think it could be an undiscovered animal, uh, just, like, a species that, like... I don't know. I think that's that's a compelling idea to me. I always like all the things that, like, kind of go with that, of, like, oh, there's, like, a very intelligent race, like, here with us that's been here for so long, and, like, they're so good at hiding we never see them. Like, I don't know, that kind of goes with, like, reptilians yeah. and, like, a whole bunch of different, like, stuff comes back to stuff like that. But that, I like that idea. So speaking <laughs> on, my uh, major was actually environmental science, so I did a lot of ecology. And just speaking on that, it's, like, studying the animals and the ecosystems and just scientists, like, ecologists know that they have not discovered every species living on this earth. And so there are species out there that we think are extinct that we find out that they're still alive. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was just a species we haven't discovered yet. I mean, forests aren't that easy to, like, get around, especially, like, Ohio, Kentucky. They have a lot of honeysuckle in it now, which makes it terrible to go through. <laughs> and I think it would be hard for, like, a human to sneak up on anything that was, like, ready not to be caught like in the woods or whatever yeah if it was smart enough to like avoid being seen for this long then yeah i think it would be hard for us to like find it or maybe it just goes to the right part of the hill and scans its government issued id and goes back into the tunnels gets to its like <laughs> dorm down there kicks it back <laughs> cracks the <old> one. <laughs> <laughs> Mothman is just sitting under there, like cracking a beer, like just laughing about making people's like TV become generators. <laughs> and the German Shepherd bandits just like sitting right next to him. I like that image. <laughs> uh, uh, people also talk about it being a, a mutant animal, like that's kind of created from like leached. Uh, chemicals from like all the explosives and materials stored there that seems kind of fictiony but i do like that idea too <laughs> that's just like something straight out of like a 50s like comic like, book of like movie. there's like green <laughs> yeah. ooze coming out of barrels like seeping into the ground <laughs> yeah. and there's like a big monster like coming out of it like <laughs> Like, the moth just, like, landed in it, and then all of a sudden, it's just, like, this huge seven-foot moth. <laughs> I wonder what that green ooze that everyone always stores in barrels is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of chemical is it? Um, 
Uh, people also think that uh, it might that the Mothman could be like either like a species of of different things or like I don't know. I guess if it was an animal, that would be like a species of creatures like that. Uh, some people think it was like injured, cold, in like a suit, like some kind of like government or like alien, uh, like flying suit and uh, a disguise. And I put like. Because of the tunnels and, like, UFO activity, I like the idea of, like, a Cold War Iron Man suit, like, of the government, like, building all this, like, crazy secret shit. And they, like, have, like, yeah. <laughs> this, like, you fold down your helmet with, like, these big red visor, like, lenses and, like, spread your wings and T-pose off into the sky with your, like, silent jetpack. <laughs> and you talk through a microphone. I feel like that's and... something you'd see in, like, a uh, G.I. Joe cartoon. I just, like... <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, the live-action Scooby-Doo 2 with, like, the guy, Dr. Jonathan Jacoby, jumping off the um, the prison, and he has, like, the wigs just going, like, see you later, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> just manually pumping the wigs. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Cold's doing through the sky. <laughs> He's wearing a, a voice garbler, and anything he says into it comes out like. <laughs> it's just making the high pitch like. <laughs> I like that. He's like, I got him now. <laughs> my my last theory on here was the owl, which I've already talked about a lot. It has a similar looking body mm-hmm. shape to me as the like Mothman shape that's described. Uh, kind of the body is kind of just comes out of the head, so you don't really talk about a face or a neck or any facial features. Uh, head on, its eyes like glow reflected light back, and you don't really see anything else. Silhouette is like big and dark, like imposing in the night sky. Uh, I don't know. Owls are brown and gray. Obviously, the colors that people were like, "Oh, a, a brown man flew by me," and a gray. <laughs> man stood up out of the uh, grass and then flew off. Yeah. <laughs> I think owls come in brown and gray, too. And also the fact that a lot of the sightings happened at night, or most of them happened at night, right? Right. And owls are mostly nocturnal, so that that also makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, like, the wooded, like, wildlife uh, preserve area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's, like, they don't notice the eyes until it, like, reflects light back at them, like, reflectors. Uh, so that sounds like, I don't know, like, even if you were, like, just in your backyard or something, you were, like, shining a light around and it hit an owl and you just see, like, this round silhouette, like, against, like, the sky and it's, like, big glowing red eyes, like, staring back at you, like, that would be an intimidating feeling, like. If it's like yeah, seems bigger yeah. from where you are, and like maybe maybe even there were like bigger owls than we know of in the area, but like that would be like an imposing feeling. I feel like I can understand people being scared of something that looked like an owl but was yeah. seven feet tall. <laughs> I mean, definitely just like shining a light out and seeing like eyes looking back at you, your mind kind of runs wild at night because. The only thing you're seeing is those eyes. So, like, you just imagine, like, your imagination runs wild with what's behind those eyes. Right. So, 
what what's your favorite theory what what do you like to believe what what would you want to believe what do you think is most realistic um personally i like to think that mothman is real because i mean i'm sure it's like terrifying to see him but i just think it's funny that there's this like seven foot tall moth creature that apparently can't run and like can fly super fast but I think the owl theory makes the most sense because they are just like focusing on these eyes and it's a wildlife preserve now so like there's bound to be like owls there (laughs) so that makes sense to me but I want to believe Mothman's real in, in the words of my great uncle, when I told him I was reading a bunch about Mothman and that I thought maybe the people were seeing owls, he said, it seems most likely, but you never know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe we can end with that. Yeah, that's fine. That sounds good <laughs> <right>. to me. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks to you guys. I'm I excited to it. do some more of this. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And if you have the time, please leave us a review on your podcasting app. You can find us on Instagram at wastingspacetime or wastingspacetime.com. You can find Dion at Dion Cook Media. And I am on Instagram as this must be magic with a dot in between every word. Again, thank you.